He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you as always. And before we get started today, I do want to thank all of our great listeners out there and followers on social media. We got a lot of great engagement on our Taylor Gooch interview last week, reigning individual champion on Live. Definitely go check out that interview if you haven't already. But thanks to all our great listeners out there. T-Dub, I'll start with you. How was your weekend this weekend? Oh, it was a great weekend. Sam got to take a little bit of a break from golf because this Mexico Open was a little bit of a joke. We'll get into it in just a little bit. But I want to talk about your weekend, Sam. You had a little bit of LASIK done, and I had LASIK done back in July. And for someone who's made a lot of dumb decisions in their life, it was by far the best decision I've ever made, the fact that I don't have to worry about glasses or contacts anymore. And you see the World 2020 wake up. Actually, I see it 2016. Thank you very much. That is a very good investment. <laughs> By myself, but uh, but Sam, yeah, I want to know how are the how are the eyes doing? Let us know. Yeah, last Thursday I did have eye surgery, LASIK at Enjoy Vision Clinic in Oklahoma City. Shout out to Dr. Jones and and Holstead and Roby, all those doctors at Enjoy Vision made me feel super comfortable throughout that entire process. But I had the surgery on Thursday and. By Saturday, I was able to go to the Bedlam basketball game, watch that. I even hit balls yesterday. It's amazing modern science, Woody. I can just see clear as day when I wake up in the morning, and I don't need glasses. It's crazy. All of us are having surgery. I had a cataract surgery on my right eye. I think they put a new lens in. I don't know what the heck they did. I didn't even ask. That shows you how stupid I am. But I see 2020 now. I don't need my glasses anymore to see my golf ball. Not that it goes as far as it used to, but even as short as I was hitting it, I still couldn't see it for after about 100 yards. So uh, isn't that great? I mean, you know, modern technology is unbelievable. It really is, fellas. So I'm pumped up. I can see clear as day, and I can hear you guys clear as day. It's going to be a good day here on the podcast. Now, I had a great weekend, like I mentioned. T-Dub did what he did. The PGA Tour had another kind of sleeper of a weekend, fellas, at the Mexico Open. Jake Knapp ends up winning the golf tournament at 19 under par by two shots over Sammy Valamaki. Then you have Steven Yeager, who, you know, has made some cuts on the PGA Tour, obviously had a great Corn Ferry Tour career. C.T. Pan, you got... Lower or is it lower? My point that I'm trying to make here, T-Dub, is we do a golf podcast every single week. And yes, I know who Jake Knapp is, mainly because he played at UCLA when I was playing in college. He's a solid player, obviously unbelievable story. We'll get to it in a minute that, you know, went from UCLA to the Canadian Tour, even worked as a bouncer at a nightclub for a while gets his first win on the PGA Tour and his first five starts. It's a great story, but the names on top of the leaderboard at these non-signature events on the PGA Tour, T-Dub, 
I don't know who Sammy Valamaki is. I don't know who Jay Lauer is or Lower. My point is, where are the stars, T-Dub? I know we got Rory playing at the Cognizant Open, the old Honda this week, but even after Rory, it's just a bunch of average names. There's nothing that really gets me going to say, hey, I want to go watch the Mexico Open this week. Well, with us having TG on our show last week, we had a, a pretty big day when it came to news of golf, or at least everything that was going on. So I don't even remember that we talked about this tournament. And I remember looking at the field before it started, I said, this is absolutely horrible. And you expected that because the Genesis was last week, which everyone plays because it's an elevated event. And that's a, a catch-22 that you have from these new designated events where they have every single big-name player playing them, the events where those events aren't going on, especially one like this. When you have a Florida tournament the week after, you come from California before going down to Mexico, not many people are going to want to make that trip, and it ended up being, honestly, just a glorified Corn Ferry Tour event. And honestly, it wasn't even that glorified. You had Tony Fina, you had Rasmus Hoygaard in the field. Other than that, oh, I mean, obviously, these guys are good players, but at the same time, there's not big-name guys that are going to say, oh, I need, you know what I need to do this Sunday afternoon? I need to tune in and watch this golf tournament because these are the guys that I usually root for, and this, unfortunately... What happened? But Jake Knapp, a good story, as you mentioned, he had had the def- definitely the definition of a journeyman when you look at what he's done. But I've been playing some pretty good golf recently. He's only 29 years old. He finished 28th at the Phoenix Open, finished third at Torrey Pines, actually. So that was a good sign of things to come. Was on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, finished 10th at the Tour Championship there, and had some other fi- good finishes, a lot of finishes in the top 10 and top 20 and things like that. So very solid player. And Woody just goes on to the long list of names of kind of long shots that we've had win tournaments. This is how outrageous it's been. We're, what, now eight tournaments in? And in our one-and-done pool, Woody, with 144, with 150-ish people in it, there's been one winner picked out of all those people every week. That's how crazy it's been on just you have to literally throw a dart on a dartboard, and you're going to have a better chance of picking a winner than you do with all the research that we've done. Guys, I hate to say it, but we've been talking about this for – almost a year and a half now since, well, really two years since Lev came on board. This is, we kind of saw where this was going, and this is where it is going. If we're lucky, we're going to get, you know, a world tour, as McElroy said and Greg Norman said way back in the 90s. And with that world tour, you might, I think they're going to have to have at least 100 guys on that world tour. You can't, you can't have 60, 70 guys, Okay. And that means you're going to have to get Liv figured out and get those guys from Liv back over to this other deal. But what we have now, guys, and we know this was coming. We shouldn't act shocked. We're going to have probably 20 to 22 events, add the majors. We'll call it with the majors 24 events a year where we have the world's best players. Other than that, then you're going to have two layers down. You're going to have the PGA Tour secondary tour you're going to have corn fairy you're going to have dp and all those guys are going to try to get to those top 100 players in the world so we shouldn't act shocked even though we know all these guys can play we've been around it our whole lives none of these guys are bad golfers they're just not the names that move the needle and we're not going to have another tiger woods for a while guys i don't see it so we're going to have to get used to this and try to learn who these guys are or not, it's no big deal. I'll tell you how bad it was, Sam, while you were talking a minute ago about we're not sure who they are or whatever. My dog was sitting here whining, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, she feels the same way. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just what it is. It's what we talked about this whole time that you have two tours on the PGA Tour now. You have the signature events, then you have the PGA Tour events that are not signature events, which are basically glorified Corn Ferry Tour events. Then you have the Corn Ferry, and then you have the DP World Tour. By the way, speaking of the DP World Tour, the top 10 guys from the DP World Tour getting PGA Tour cards from last year that are now playing on the PGA Tour this year. Valamaki, one of those guys that was in the top 10 on the DP World Tour last year. Bobby Mack, who we've seen in Ryder Cups as well. He was in the top 10 this week tied for sixth at 13 under I guess maybe that the DP World Tour is barely ahead of the Corn Ferry Tour but Jake Knapp coming from the Corn Ferry Tour last year winning in his first five starts on the PGA Tour teed up my point is you have a Grand Canyon sized gap between signature events and live events and then Regular PGA Tour events, DP World Tour events, and Corn Ferry Tour events. Basically, my point is regular season tour events are more comparable to DP World Tour events and Corn Ferry events than they are signature events on the PGA Tour or live events as far as strength of field. I tend to agree with that for the most part. I think one other thing, too, that you see is a consequence of the PGA Tour trying to be more global going to Mexico is a lot of players don't want to go do that, especially when it's in between the two, uh, the California and the Florida term or Florida tournaments, as I mentioned earlier, you got to think about it. If you had this tournament, like instead of the Mexico, let's say it's the, uh, they just have another tournament in Florida. They have one in Arizona where a lot of PGA Tour players live. You're going to have a lot more guys that are going to go out and play. You're not going to have near bad a field as you did this week just because a lot of people don't want to make that trip. I mean, Woody, you're a former PGA Tour player. You can probably attest to, I mean, if you have to a tournament and you want to go leave the country to play it, that's a lot more of a hassle than if you're just going to Arizona, Florida, or some other state. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And unfortunately, PGA Tour wanting to expand to be more global, I think this is a consequence of it, especially when it's not an elevated event. There's going to be very few big names go. The only reason Tony Finau went is because he was the defending champion. He finished second of the year before, so he obviously liked the course. But if he if he had not won last year, let's say John Rahm won last year because it was kind of them two dueling out, obviously Rahm wouldn't have been there with him going to live. Who knows if Finau would even win if he was second. So that could have made the field even that much more much worse. So if you want to kind of solve this problem, Woody, when you're looking at non-elevated events, don't have them outside of the United States. <laughs> you know what's funny? This shows you how old I am. When I was playing, if it was a million-dollar purse, everybody went. If you're playing for $8 million and the winner gets $1.4-something million, I'd have gone to Calcutta, India. <laughs> I would have gone wherever you wanted me to go for the big money, but now there's so much money. And Sam, what we've got, when you were talking, I couldn't agree with you more. We've watered down the product. And the reason we have is there's so many guys that want to play golf now and play golf at a high level, and I don't blame them. When you make a million five at what we call the mini tour event, uh, it's pretty good living. So right now, gentlemen, we've got too many good golfers. And with that, we're trying to get them scattered around and you've got to have the Corn Ferry because they get a chance to get to the secondary PGA Tour, which gives them a chance to get to what we'll call the World Tour or the top 100 players, 70 players. There's got to be a way to get those guys up there. If not, those guys that are 70th in the world and better, why wouldn't you play a signature event every time they had one? What, are you kidding me? We talk about free money. So 
it's a catch-22. I hate it that we don't know all these guys and we say, well, this is we got this tour and this tour, a feeder tour, a feeder tour, a feeder tour. Well, they created that. So, And I haven't even mentioned Liv. You know, so I haven't even mentioned Liv. I just talked about what we got, the mess we've got in the DP, Corn Ferry, secondary PGA tour, and the, the signature event tours. Now throw in those guys from Liv because, let me tell you something, the top 20 on the Liv and the top 20 on the PGA tour, there's no difference, gentlemen. There is no difference whatsoever. In fact, I will bet you right now, I'll take the top 20 off Liv. If they play the top 20 off the PGA Tour, I'm going to bet on Liv every week. And you know what? I'm going to win more than you are. You think I'm not? What do you think? I don't think you're crazy as far as saying that. And the other thing to add to this mess is you got now guys like Sammy Valamaki or, you know, C.T. Pan ranked ahead of guys like Dustin Johnson, <laughs> you know. So as far as the official world golf ranking, there's no way to rank these guys properly right now. And so it's just a massive, massive mess. But to your point of these regular season tour events, non-signature PGA tour events being watered down. Your winners so far this year, you got Chris Kirk. Okay, we know who Chris Kirk is. Not a world beater, but a really solid player that we've seen for a few years, especially after he got over the, the alcoholism and everything. And then you got Grayson Murray, a great comeback story, but you know, not a guy that's really going to move the needle. You got Nick Dunlap, an amateur, awesome story. It was a fun tournament to watch, but an amateur wins a PGA Tour event for the first time since Phil Mickelson back in, what, 91? Then you got Matthew Pavon, a guy that qualified for the PGA Tour off of the DP World Tour, finishing in the top 10. Then Wyndham Clark at the signature event, but I'm not counting signature events here. Then you had Nick Taylor, win at the Phoenix Open. It's not quite Scotty Scheffler as it's been, you know, the last couple of years. Then you got Jake Knapp. And Jake Knapp, yes, it is a great thing that a guy like Jake Knapp can come from the Corn Ferry Tour and get all this notoriety that he's a great golfer, but he's not one of the top names in competitive golf, fellas. I guess my point is the, the positive of all of this is it really shows the casual golf fan how tough it is to make the PGA Tour when you see a guy like Jake Knapp who just made it through the Corn Ferry Tour, really battled his way through the Canadian Tour and even was a bouncer at a nightclub, and he's going out there in a PGA Tour event at the Mexico Open and shooting 19 under. That's the positive of it. The negative of it is no one knows who the hell these guys are on the leaderboard. If I, who cover it really, really closely, am watching this tournament and I'm going, who are these guys? Imagine what the casual golf fan's doing. They're turning it off or not watching it at all, T-Dub. But when you look at it and you look at who are the golfers that can actually move the needle and get people to go out of their way to watch the golf tournament, there's at most maybe 20 25 at that that are just like oh man yeah i need to watch them and there'll be individual reasons you may have you know you you're loyal to a country for example you may have the spaniards always want to watch romber the norwegians want to watch victor hovland something like that you'll have things like that but then the but the players who are just so polarizing that make you go out of your way obviously no one has the effect that tiger woods did but it's so limited and so now when you have two divided tours live in pga tour you divide those players up, and then you want to have each of them play every single week, for example, in the PGA Tour. You're just, we're going to, 
that's the state of the game now. That's how we have to live in that we're going to have essentially off weeks in golf now. There's going to be very few and far between where we have a situation like this and we can get even three big names to play in it. And then you have to have, for example, if Tony Finau had played good this week, that may have helped the tournament because he would have been battling down the stretch. But if you have the few big names that play in these non-elevated events and they don't play good, then that's even a bigger problem. So, yeah, Woody, I think there's it's just the state of the, the landscape of golf now. We have to deal with the fact of until things change, there's going to be weeks to where there's a lot of golf that's not going to be extremely interesting. Well, I, you know what? If you think of all the other sports, there's let's say there's certain football games where you have Kansas City Chiefs playing anybody. Everybody wants to watch that. But there's a lot of games going on where the Falcons might be playing the Chargers, or I don't know. I'm not an NFL guy. There's weak games. There's weak games in the NBA. There's weak games in uh, Major League Baseball. So what you got to remember, we have four majors for a reason. That's why anybody that's a golf fan gets fired up for that. And then we have other times where we have real good competition. Everybody gets kind of fired up for that. The rest of this stuff, I mean, here's the great thing, guys. You know what I did this weekend? I luckily have a uh, what I call an adopted son that's a firefighter. We were out burning grass this weekend at my farm and trying not to set the whole state of Oklahoma on fire. So I didn't see any golf, and I I was okay with it because there wasn't anything I wanted to see. If you're playing Augusta National, the Masters, I want to watch that. Uh, U.S. Open, I want to watch that. The Open Championship, the PGA Championship, those are those are golf terms all of us going to watch, and and that's what we're going to have, guys. Even when Liv figures it out and they get to mend the hurt faces and everybody gets together, we're still going to have these high end golf tournaments, and then we're going to have this stuff we call the Mexican Open. So it's okay, but we just got to quit thinking that every weekend we're going to watch golf and it's going to be high elevation of players because it, it is not. We're going to get. I think we're going to get guys between 20 and 25 events that all of us want to tune into. And then the rest of it, you can tune into it, but you're not going to really grind on it. No doubt. Now let's talk about the actual golf tournament for a second. Jake Knapp, who played his golf at UCLA, he was around my age, I think a year older than me. So I played in some tournaments that he was in in college, fellas, um, but wasn't a world beater by any means, but he was a solid player. Then goes to you know, the Canadian tour. And then after that, while he was on the Canadian tour, was actually working as a nightclub bouncer and then makes it to the Corn Ferry tour, then makes it to the PGA tour after his great year on the Corn Ferry tour last year. But in that final round, Jake Knapp did something that is very rare. Jake Knapp became the first player on record to hit two or fewer fairways in the final round of a tour event and still go on to win. Um, So it is a testament to Jake Knapp's short game, especially, you know, coming down the stretch, what, two fairways and nine greens, and he ends up winning the golf tournament. Nice to have that cushion to begin the day, but at the same time, T-Dub, a testament to this guy's short game and a testament to that great mullet that might have had a little bit of magic in it. Hot seat Cam Smith, possibly? (laughs) Maybe so. We'll just have to wait and see. Might go on a legendary run of epic proportions, but I'm going to put the odds against that happening. But congratulations to him. Yeah, $1.46 million or whatever it is for the win after everything that he's been through. It's a tremendous story, but as you said, yesterday in the final round, that driver 
is absolutely horrible. He only hit two fairways. He hit the eighth fairway, and he hit the 16th fairway. So every other fairway didn't hit a fairway until the eighth hole. Was able to grind it out. He got was two over through three. It was a very, very bad start. It looked like he was going to come back to the pack, and then par six to par five, but then seven, the short par four, made a birdie there. Then grinding some pars out, eight through 13, made a birdie on 14, one of the three par fives on the back, and then Alamaki made it very easy for him on 18 when he had a two-shot lead, and Nap hit it in the fairway bunker. He was able to just hit it out in the middle of the fairway into a 100-yard wedge shot or whatever, hit it to 15 feet, make your par, select the check and trophy, and move on with your day. So, yeah, tremendous story. No one else really from the behind the pack was able to make a push at him, so it was a two-horse race for the most part. And, yeah, Woody just not really something I was into, but overall, it's good for these guys. They're all playing for a living. These offers all have something to play for. There's still a lot of money on the line for these guys. Yeah, Balamaki worrying about not only for his status, but for his paycheck on the eight, the eight on 18 because he had his drive way right. He had to take an unplayable away from the fence, so he's trying to figure out his strategy to make sure that he didn't lose too many shots to get down to a tie for a second, which would have been a lot of money and, and points there. But then you had the all the guys that tied third. They're all playing for something. So yeah, there's a lot riding on the line here, but uh, from the outside sitting in, it's not extremely exhilarating stuff. That's an understatement. It's not exhilarating at all. I'm old school. I, I can't even imagine that you can only hit two fairways and nine greens and still win a golf tournament. It tells me the rest of the field didn't make any real push. He had a four-shot lead going in. So uh, what it tells me is boring. Uh, so, um, <laughs> golly, it's tough for us, guys, because we're a podcast about golf. and we, We're supposed to be upbeat. And uh, yeah, I'm not. I really am struggling with this direction everything's going. So I'm, I'm going to have to just kind of wait and watch like everybody else. But when you have weeks like this, I'm not sure you shouldn't even play golf. I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's going to be so many guys out here. You know what they used to complain about is the corn fairy, they weren't making enough money. And I agree with you, they weren't. But now that they've invented this little deal they got going on, the Jake Knapp of the world, I'm happy for him that he just made almost $1.5 million. But good Lord, when I, like I said, when I played first place, it was $180,000. And that was the big tournament. So it's tough for me to, to swallow a bunch of mediocre golfers making that much money. Well, and he's going to make a whole lot more now that he's in every single signature event throughout this entire season. A great time to win for a guy like Jake Knapp, knowing that now he has his schedule set for the rest of the year. He could play average golf and make another three, four million dollars on the year in these signature events. Fellas, real quick, as we end this Mexico Open discussion, the sleeper of a tournament. Let's look back on Jay Monahan at the start of all of this. Guys, all he had to do was say yes to live for a fall series. And now all of a sudden we have Grayson Murray and Jake Knapp and amateurs winning regular season PGA Tour events that aren't signature events. Fellas, all he had to do was say yes to a fall series. And now we got... You know, DP World Tour and, and Corn Ferry Tour players winning on the PGA Tour. The domino effect of how the direction that golf would have went in, depending on the yes or no of that decision, is extremely compelling. It's something that I would love to break down in depth at some point. What had he, What would happen if had he said yes? In what direction of golf 
would have been at now versus where it is now. It's very interesting Mandela effect type thing, parallel, parallel universe type situation, Woody. But unfortunately, but unfortunately, it's the world that we live in. Hopefully, within the next few years, it all gets settled out, and the prosperity and the growth of golf will be better than ever. That's just me being optimistic. And I'm proud of you being optimistic and taking the high road there. And may I add, the man we're talking about still has a job. <laughs> if any of you all screwed up like this, you would not have a job, okay? I, I'm amazed in the society I live in right now, whether it's the most president of the United States all the way down. I know I'm not supposed to be political. Sam will probably cut this. But <laughs> just the ineptness of so many people that are supposed to be really good at their job are not, and yet they keep their job. Sam, you could have said it better. I'm so proud of you. Yes, if he would have just done that. And you know what, Sam? What have they done? No, they're so stupid, they're doing it again. Oh, we don't really need Yasser in the lift. We've got $3 billion that we're going to blow through giving all of us bonus checks, and then where are they going to be another year from now, okay? They haven't learned their lesson one bit, Sam. Not no, one bit. No, they so. haven't. And not only are they <laughs> losing guys like John Rahm, they can't even get guys that they offer – Deals to like Anthony Kim, who hasn't played in 10 yeah. years. But, fellas, we got to hit a break. After the break, we are going to talk about Oklahoma's finest. Anthony Kim is playing this week on Live. Coming up after the break here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast. We would like to welcome in a new sponsor to the 73rd Hole Podcast, Jimmy Austin Golf Club in Norman, Oklahoma. If you have any Sooner apparel needs or apparel needs in general, this is the golf shop to go to. Jimmy Austin Golf Shop has been rated as the top merchandising facility in all of the South Central section five out of the last seven years. In addition to their phenomenal pro shop, Jimmy Austin is also going to be hosting a Corn Ferry event again this year, the Compliance Solutions Championship. On June 20th through the 23rd, you can come out to Jimmy Austin and see the stars of the future on the PGA Tour competing in the Compliance Solutions Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour. I also want to encourage all of our listeners out there to go out to Jimmy Austin and play some golf. It's one of, if not the best, public facility in Oklahoma, and it always ranks in the top five best courses in Oklahoma to play golf. So if you want to play like a champion, next time you're booking your tee time, remember, there's only one Jimmy Austin Golf Club. And we are back on the other side of the break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. As I mentioned before the break, Anthony Kim. Yes, that Anthony Kim who you last saw play 12 years ago, fellas, is now on live. And according to at Live Golf Updates, Kim's contract is reportedly five to seven point five million dollars. 
in signing bonus from Liv. He will play as an individual along with uh, Andy Ogletree, who's an individual, and Hudson Swafford, who's also an individual on Liv. I would assume if they get another guy on Liv, then they, those guys will be a team eventually is how I kind of foresee that going. But he is in the field this week at Liv Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Anthony Kim, 10 years later, really 12 years later, fellas, he had the 10-year career-ending injury insurance policy that ran up and he got paid his insurance money and now he is back able to play professional golf and he is on live. Fellas, I mean, this is like seeing Bigfoot or finding out that Bigfoot's actually real. Anthony Kim is actually playing professional golf this week on TV. I'm pumped. Boys, I think John Wick said it best. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. We're back, boys. <laughs> We're officially back. Woody, take it from here. The king is back. I, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. Well, it's a perfect fit. And we all knew that when we were hearing rumors he was going to come play again, I knew there was no way he was going to PGA Tour. He didn't even like the PGA Tour when he was on it before. So I knew he wasn't going back to it. So it works out. For, again, it's great for golf. All the live haters, if you're especially a Sooner fan and you liked AK, you wouldn't get to see him if it wasn't for Liv. So maybe, just maybe, we're going to get a few more people to watch a Liv event with Andy Kim out there playing. I love it. I think it's great. So, fellas, the last time we saw Anthony Kim was back in 2012 at the Wells Fargo where he withdrew. He withdrew from the Shell Houston Open the time he teed it up before that. Guys, I mean, what are we going to expect from Anthony Kim this week? We do know since we live in Oklahoma City, we've heard rumors that he's been playing out at Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club all the time, practicing, getting ready for whether he was going to live or the PGA Tour. But what are we going to expect? We talk about Tiger, you know, not playing since, you know, the Masters last year, then the Hero. What do we expect from Tiger? This is 10 years, fellas. What? I mean, I can't even put a finger. Talk about throwing a dart at a dartboard. What is Anthony Kim going to look like this week, T-Dub? It is 100% impossible to try to prognosticate what we're going to see from here. Well, what I'll try to do is I'll go back and I'll look at AK's best year, 2008. That was the Ryder Cup year. I think he won a couple. He won, yeah, he won twice that year. He won Tigers event at the AT&T National with Tozak Congressional at the time. Then he won at Quail Hollow that year as well. So two very good golf courses. Had a tremendous season. Had the Ryder Cup as well where he beat Sergio Garcia. When Sergio Garcia, I believe, was number two player in the world or was on his way to being in that race. So tremendous season that was. That year, he was he gained .63 shots off the tee, gained .63 shots approach, gained uh, about .1 shots around the green, so above average around the green, and gained .41 on the green. So he was absolutely stellar in every single aspect of the game. He was very long off of the tee, very good putter, the only thing that he didn't do above average was his accuracy, and he was pretty much true average on that. But with how far, if he hit it as far as he did then, which I don't think he's going to, he's 38 years old now, and who knows what kind of fitness routine he's been on for the last 10 years and how long he's actually been preparing to do this. Had he been grinding for two years, two or three years steadily to do this, I would think he'd come out and play pretty well. Has he been doing it for just a few months? I mean, we'll see. And then you have the aspect of, 
there's a lot of money going to be on the line as he, if he does get up towards the top. And that's emotions that you have to be in that situation to be able to grind through that and experience and exactly how the club feels when you have that much riding on the line. But when you're as talented as, as he is, I'm not going to doubt his ability whatsoever. I love seeing it. I don't know if 2024 we're in a, a parallel universe. There's been a lot of crazy things happen and maybe just out of, maybe we're in some, the CERN collider nuked us into a parallel. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that Anthony Kim is playing golf again, and I absolutely love it. And I'm going to be tuned in for every single shot that I possibly can because it's a, this is a guy that you draw to. This is someone who moves the needle, at least the cult following that Anthony Kim has, uh, people trying to figure out where he went for the last 12 years. It's absolutely crazy. There's going to be so many people watch this uh, live event that didn't before. I'll be interested to see what the numbers look like for this one compared to the other one. Even with it being in Jeddah on the opposite side of the world, I still think a lot of people That's what I was about to say is this was the least watched live event last year because some people didn't watch because it was Saudi Arabia. Some people obviously just didn't watch because of the time difference, Woody. So I would assume some people are definitely going to watch just to see what Anthony Kim looks like. Well, with each guy they bring on, it, it, their ratings are going to get better. They're, they're just going to get better. They have to. But let's be honest, guys. It's going to take them while to get the dust off, okay? And there's nobody that can lay their clubs down for 12 years and then come back at a high level. I don't care what he's been doing. The difference between him and Tiger, he's younger, and I don't think he's quite as body's quite as beat up. I mean, Tiger Darner died. He almost lost his right leg. Uh, Anthony Kim had some wrist injuries and something else. I don't know, but they weren't they weren't near the level what Tiger is. So I think Anthony Kim will get the dust off pretty quick. I think he'll be very competitive. I I, I don't know that it'll be this week. I think what he'll be curious for himself to find out is where is he and how far off is he. But he'll figure it out pretty quick. So. Don't be surprised if by the middle of the summer, Anthony Kim's up there trying to win a golf tournament. I wouldn't be shocked. Now, Woody, this is probably a better question for you than for me or T-Dub to answer this because you have more experience seeing you know, more careers because you're older than us. But I can't think of a different instance really in any sport, but especially golf where a guy takes 10 years off. I mean, what's the longest... Uh, you know, time period off, whether it be for injury or whatever reasons, uh, and then a guy come back and have success, especially have success at over the age of 38. So that's what Anthony Kim is right now is 38, which it seems like he should be way older than that. But he's only 38, and a lot of golfers hit their prime in their 40s, Woody. So there's a possibility yeah. that we could still see Anthony Kim play some solid golf but I've never seen anybody take 10 years off or 12 years off. I keep saying 10 because that's how long the career-ending insurance policy was. It's really 12 yeah, years it's off. 12. It's 12. It, it's 12 since he played golf. And, and Sam, only in golf is this possible. You, There's no way in any other sport is this possible because the athletes coming up that are younger – are going to be dominant from a strength standpoint. Not that the golfers aren't stronger when they're younger, but Anthony Kim's experience. Golf's one of the few games that the experience will almost offset the strength, okay? And Anthony Kim has a lot of experience. I mean, a lot of experience. He's played at a very high level when he was younger. And I will tell you right now that 
the 38 the new 28 or 30. These guys are better. Uh, and and it, with Anthony Kim, because of his experience, uh, it's a big deal. But only in golf could you get away with it. And I think he can get away with it in golf. I really am not going to be shocked if he's contending by the summertime on the live tour. I'm really not. Yeah, and so the the contract says about five to seven point five million dollars for a hand a quote handful of events. T Dub, do you think? And and Woody kind of alluded to it right there. Do you think that Anthony Kim can get in contention? We always heard Tiger Woods say the first day that he comes back after a big layoff, he hits the ball like a god. The second day back, he hits the ball like a beggar. So I would assume it's like that times a million with a guy who has taken competitive golf off for over a decade. But T-Dub, I think that there is a possibility that we see Anthony Kim in contention sometime this year. Do you think that I am crazy for saying that? I don't know, but let's just look at this from a few different angles. To put this into perspective, the last tournament that he played was May 6, 2012 at the Wells Fargo, where he withdrew. He actually withdrew the last two tournaments he played there and at the Shell Houston Open. The last time he played 72 holes was in March 2012 at Bay Hill. The last time that he finished inside the top 25 was November of 2011 in a European tour event. So 2011, I was a freshman in college. Like That is a millennia ago. There's been so many things in the world that have transpired since that point. And I mean, look back, COVID was four years ago and that feels like forever. That's nine more years than that. Like, it's unbelievable how long it's been since he's played as competitive golf at any somewhat of a high level. One thing that I do think is that is to an advantage if he does try to get hot one week is live only being 54 holes. It's a lot harder to keep your form for four rounds than it is for three, at least in my personal opinion. So I think that that will lead to him, especially if he can go out and play good the first round and get out to a solid league, get within a few shots of that lead and then see what happens in the second round. You play a little bit steady, maybe the conditions pick up and you can grind out some pars and you can stay right there. Who knows? He might come out and do what he did at Augusta and make 11 birdies in a round. He has that kind of talent. So no, he's one of the, I mean, Woody told a great story about how when he was on the range, you saw him hit two shots and said, Oh, this guy's going to be good. He absolutely flushes it. And that's people around golf can see players who just, there's that different sound that's, that's unique to be elite ball strikers. And he has that. It's something you can't teach. So it wouldn't shock me at all if he was going to play some good golf. But I do agree with Woody. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to do that, at least if I was going to predict it. So, I mean, if he could finish inside the top, was there because he is playing as an individual this week. I don't believe he's on a team. So there's 55 so guys this week, right, on live? 55 guys. So if he could finish top – if he somehow finishes top 30, I think that's extremely good. If he finishes inside the top 20 or somehow top 15, I think that is – above <laughs> what he would look for and be, be an A-plus week. If one guy could do it, it would be Anthony Kim. I mean, the stories well, you hear about him, you know, coming straight from the nightclub onto the first tee box and going out and shooting 66, you know, if there's anyone that could just take time off and come back and still be the same guy, I feel like it would be a guy like Anthony Kim that just doesn't care. Well, Sam, let's, let's be – T-Dub hit the nail on the head. If he finishes 30 or better, I think he's – I, I look out. He's 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 coming on, boys. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he finished forty fifth. Okay, but wherever he finishes, we just got to watch a number of shots to see what he's still good at. You know, I don't think striking the ball is going to be as big a deal as the short game. But 
We'll see. But if he finishes anything better than 40th this week, in my opinion, wow, uh, that's pretty good. And then, you know, he comes the next week and he gets a little better and the next week gets a little better. Then you're going to know you got something. If not, if he comes these six, seven events that he's going to play this year on live and he, you know, he's in the middle of the pack all the time at 40 to 35 to 45, whatever it is, then he's not going to have it. That's what I think. Yeah, and we'll see how serious he's taking it, right, too. Like, he could just – there's a possibility he could just be using this as a money grab, and then he's going to play his five or whatever events and then, you know, ride off into the sunset and do Anthony Kim stuff again. Or he might be actually trying to make a comeback and, you know, play for the next – 12 years, right? We don't know. It's Anthony Kim. Anything is possible. But, fellas, Liv is playing in Jeddah this week in Saudi Arabia. Brooks Kepka is your defending champion. If you remember last year, Taylor Gooch was in a playoff with Brooks Kepka at Jeddah, and Taylor actually ended up winning the season-long individual points race because of that finish beating, you know, Cam Smith out for that individual season-long points race, but Brooks Kepka wins the golf tournament individually. This year, Liv Jetta falls earlier on in the season, three tournaments in, as opposed to the last individual tournament of the year. So last year, you had Brooks Kepka, Taylor Gooch, Sergio Garcia, uh, Harold Varner III. You had Charles Howell up there and Dustin Johnson, who's played well there both times they've had it, and Jetta as well. Uh, who are some of the guys you're looking out for this week at Live Jetta, other than, I guess, Anthony Kim, T-Dub? Well, if we look at the guys who have played well to start the year, yeah, Dustin Johnson's leading the season-long points race so far with his win at Las Vegas and then a, tie, a T-5 down in Mayakoba. Joaquin Neiman winning in Mayakoba, 30th in Las Vegas. Not very good, but the win propelled him enough to where he's still in second. John Rahm finished third and eighth in the first two events, but he was there on both rounds, both tournaments. He had a chance to win in the final round, but played very, very poor. But coming down the stretch of both events, so look to see maybe rebound from that. Our man TG finished 15th at Mayakoba, but then a clutch tied second last week, or last event in Las Vegas. I expect him to play well. Shot 64-62 the last two rounds here last year to propel himself to win the live individual race. With everything he had on the line, to be able to do that, to play that well in that course, you have to have some sort of comfort there. So I expect him to have a good tournament as well. Sergio Garcia has finished second and 26 the first two events, and he played very well here last year. So I expect him to play good as well. But Kepka's won here back-to-back years, and he's gone fifth and 12th the first two events. Woody, I expect uh, one of those household names to win. I don't think we're going to have a situation like we do on the PGA Tour. Neiman and DJ have won both the events so far, two household names. I expect that trend to continue here in Jeddah. Well, that's one thing you always can count on with that live tour is the stars are at the top. And that's why it's so much more fun to watch. I, I wish people would start watching it because they really would see some great golf. I'll tell you guys, I, I know it's maybe not my pick, but I want TG this week. I think I think he wins this golf tournament this week. So that's my pick for this week. Yeah, and there's some guys that have played good here in the past. Sergio both times. You mentioned Kepka, obviously back-to-back winner of this event. You got DJ, who's finished top six both times they've had it here. Matthew Wolf played good here a couple years ago. So did Neiman a couple years ago. Fellas, I think I'm going to go 
with Joaquin Neiman again. He likes this golf course clearly because he finished top five here two years ago. Last year, he was in a little bit of a slump. He's back now playing some really solid golf. Give me Joaquin Neiman for his second live victory of the year at Live Jetta, T-Dub. That would be pretty interesting stuff to see. And Neiman definitely has the talent. He wants to make a statement, too. It's really cool to see that he got an invite. Augusta, I think that was good to see. He, he's one of those players that rightfully deserves to be there. He's clearly a top 50 player in the world and deserves to play in majors, so good for him for getting the invitation. With Woody going with TGU, going with Neiman, two guys I'd look at there, if, if I had to pick, you either pick the guy who is in Kepka, who's won here back-to-back years, or you look at Dustin Johnson, who's on top of the points race, and has a great record here at Royal Greens. He won the, the Saudi International here, even before Liv was even thought of back in like 2020 or 19, something like that. So he has he loves this place. They're paying him money to go over there and play before that we were even talking of this whole situation. So I expect one of them to go good. But go ahead and give me the back to back champ Woody, just because he's played twice or the two times he's played this year he's finished fifth and twelfth. So not playing very poorly. And Kepka in events that aren't majors, if he's playing halfway decent leading up to it, that means he's in pretty good form. So give me Bruce Kepka. I expect him to have uh, I would be pretty shocked if he's outside the top ten and I would be a little disappointed if he's not inside the top five. I like that pick because you know who my team guy I'm going with? Smash. Because I know Kepka's going to play good and Gooch is going to win. So I'm a lock. I, I'm not really sure why you guys do want to compete with me this week. This is all mine. Fellas, T-Dub mentioned right there that Joaquin Neiman is getting a spot in the Masters. Augusta National sent this out earlier this week. For immediate release, Neiman, 25, is set to appear in his fifth Masters, where he's made the cut in three of his first four tournaments, including a career-best tied for 16th in 2023. He has top five finishes in each of his three DP World Tour events this season, including winning the Australian Open in a playoff last December. Neiman's first Masters came in 2018, while he was the reigning Latin America amateur champion and the number one ranked amateur in the world. So great stuff, solid move by Augusta National to invite him to the Masters, but it just seems a little bit interesting, I guess I would put it to to our listeners, guys, that you have Joaquin Neiman getting a special invite because of I guess, winning the Australian Open and the Latin America way back in 2018, but you don't have the guy who is the reigning individual live champion against fields that literally have Joaquin Neiman in it every single tournament last year, T-Dub. Something just doesn't sit quite right with me on that. But would I rather see Joaquin Neiman in the Masters instead of no Joaquin and no Taylor Gooch? Yes, but I would like to see both of them, and that would be what makes it a major championship. It's called major for a reason. It has everybody, in my opinion. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Sam. At the end of the day, TG was penalized for being an American. At the end of the day, the Augusta National wants to be more international, and that's their thing. That's their tournament. That's for the prerogative. That's what they want to do. So be it. That's their decision. But at the end of the day, everyone with half a brain that knows anything about golf knows that it's not right. And it's a sad thing to see, Woody, that one of our, our friends and friends of the show especially is getting screwed on the whole deal when clearly he's a top 50 player in the world and his results on that tour with many, many elite players on it last year clearly, clearly proved that when he was number one out of all of them. Well, Jake Knapp is 200 points ahead of Taylor Gooch in the golf world ranking. <laughs> Do I need to say any more than that? Okay. 
that just shows you how screwed up the whole system is. We both know, all of us know, everybody listening on our show knows that Taylor Gooch should definitely be at the Masters. He should be at the U.S. Open. He should be at the British Open. He should be at the PGA. Until we get this all figured out, though, politics is a bitch, okay? It's not right. It's no good. And it's hurting our boy right now. And I, I hate it for him. But, you know, the other side of that coin is, guys, I'd love to be with my bank account like Taylor's is because I, I wouldn't want to board. I couldn't care less about playing the major if I had as much money as he had. And that's really when it gets right down to it. His decision wasn't based on the fact that he wasn't going to get into majors. He knew he was rolling the dice. His decision was to make sure his family was taken care of. And he's done that. So now he's just got to figure out how to work his way around the system. He's still young. He's still very good player. He'll get there again. He's just going to have a couple of maybe years that he gets kind of cheated out of some. And that's, it's wrong, but that that's called life. And you know what, guys? Taylor's got his head on straight. He's okay. It, it irritates him. I know it does. He hides it well. But he still knows when the time's right, he's going to get his chance. And uh, if there's any golf gods out there really with any poetic justice, he'll get at least two majors, maybe three. No doubt about it. In the future, we will definitely see Taylor Gooch in major championships. It's just probably not going to be this year, fellas. Uh, But we will see Joaquin Neiman in the Masters, which is a very good thing. Fellas, we need to hit another break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast. When we come back, we're talking Cognizant Classic, which is the Honda Classic. But guess what? Honda's not even there this year. We'll tell you who's there and who's not after the break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We'd like to welcome in our newest sponsor for the 24th season, Allcom Security. They're located in Midwest City. It's an Oklahoma-based company by Oklahomans. If you have any alarm needs, whether it's home or business or what they have now that I am fascinated by, and I think you would be too, They're OKC security trailers. These trailers aren't just your average surveillance units. They're equipped with cutting-edge technology that can distinguish between humans and vehicles. Imagine that. With precise accuracy, these trailers detect any unwanted activity on your property, whether it's a person wandering where they shouldn't be or a vehicle creeping around after hours. It's like having a vigilant guardian watching over your domain. I have personally seen these units, and they are amazing. So if you have any alarm needs, please call my good friends at Allcom Security, 405-732-9000, or just look them up on the web, Allcom Security. Hey everyone, T-Dub here. I want to take a second to tell you about my good friends at McCray Roofing. Not too long ago, my roof was in desperate need of repair. There was extensive hail damage and I had many leaks that needed attention. Not only did Jeff and his staff build me a new roof, but they walked me through step-by-step of the claims process, which is something that I was very, very concerned about. Everything from the initial inspection of the roof to analyze all the damage to meeting with the insurance adjuster to make sure they were aware of every damaged area, making sure my claim was accurate. Their custom copper creations are truly beautiful and add a great touch to any roof. 
Not only do they do residential roofs, but they have an elite list of commercial customers, including Gallardia Country Club, Oak Tree National, and Bass Pro Shops. Check out their website at McRayRoofing.com to view some of their work yourself and give them a call at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. back on the other side of the break here on the 73rd hole podcast the official podcast of golf oklahoma fellas before the break i mentioned that it is honda classic week but guess what it's not a signature event so honda's not even there this week but we do have rory mcelroy there this week you do have cam young those are your top two analytical favorites then you got russell henley ben on tom kim those round out your top five favorites for the week at PGA National and the Bear Trap this week. T-Dub, we do have Rory, but after that, it's kind of like what we were talking about with the Mexico Open. I'm telling you right now, the PGA Tour is doing any type of prayer, kumbaya dance, whatever they need to do, whatever higher power they believe in. They're saying, please, God, Rory McIlroy be in contention Sunday at this golf tournament. They need that so desperately. If he goes out and plays like he has recently, then that's going to be a problem. He finished middle of the pack, 24th of Genesis, finished 66th. At Pebble Beach, did, did play good when he was over in Dubai, finished second and first over there. But he's played really poorly since then. Just hasn't had – he played halfway okay, I guess, at Genesis. He just had a few bad holes. But he wasn't able to get it all rolling. He did say in his interview with, with Amanda Balionis that he still feels like he's close, so maybe he can turn it around. He's playing in some match deal as we speak. I see him talking or putting with his five iron or whatever it is here on some part three holes. So maybe that's helping him get away from all the – Berger BS, and he can just maybe play golf. Hopefully, this is freeing him up a little bit, Woody. But so far, Rory, Woody, this year, Rory hasn't looked very good, at least on the PGA Tour. Well, they've been trying to make Rory the next Tiger for, what, 10 years now? And it's not going to happen, guys. He doesn't have that kind of game. So, they need Rory, yes, to play really good this week. But I got to believe, guys, that what do you call it? The co- what do you call this tournament? I'm sorry. Cognizant, the Cognizant yeah. Classic. It's the new what Honda the Classic. By the way, so the <laughs> the reason why Honda is not sponsoring this event is the exact reason we talked about. We prognosticated this last year, or two years ago. Whenever Live started up, we said that the sponsors are either going to be pissed off that they are signature events and have to pay the elevated purses, like Waste Management, for instance, when they were a signature elevated event for one year, they got upset that they did have to pay the massive purse. Or you get sponsors like Honda who were upset that they didn't have anybody coming to their tournament, Woody. So that's why Honda is no longer the sponsor of the event. It's now Cognizant is the the sponsor of the Honda Classic. Oh, well, can you blame them? I mean, here we go. So, guys, you guys are in your one and done, and I want you to both pick this week. If I was you all, I'd shoot for the biggest long shot you can think of because that's coming again. You know it's coming. It ain't going to be Rory. Rory's not winning this golf tournament this week, okay? It's going to be a long shot. So, you know, you guys need to look at the 71, 80 to 1, 100 to 1 odds and just see if you can't get lucky. 
Guys, I think a couple guys that might play well again this year are Chris Kirk and Eric Cole, who we saw battling it out last year at the Honda Classic. Now, this year, the Cognizant Classic. Um, but those two guys have been playing really solid golf recently. Uh, I also think that a guy like Steven Yeager, and this is going to be my one-and-done pick, not necessarily my pick to win the golf tournament, but I can't think of a different time that I would use Steven Yeager, and he's been playing some really solid golf recently. Steven Yeager finished tied for third in Mexico last week. He finished tied for third at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. And last year at the Honda Classic, he finished tied for 14th. So maybe give me a little Steven Yeager this week in the one and done. Maybe throw a little long shot money on him this week, T-Dub. Not necessarily a bad pick there at all. I could definitely see that working out for you, Sammy. Look at some other guys who may potentially play well in this field. Matty Fitz is down there. The analytics don't really like him a whole lot. He's like the eighth favorite Sung JMs kind of down in that range. Min Woo Lee down there as well. Some kind of, I guess, the bigger names you'd look at, but it's not particularly playing well. Cameron Young is the fourth favorite in the field, so he may have a chance. Second favorite, Ben on. Very interesting. He's been playing some solid golf. I picked him at, I believe, the waste management. He did not play very well there, so I'm a little bit down on him. Someone who's played particularly well at this course is Daniel Berger. He finished fourth back in 2020 and fourth back in 2022. Recently, he's making a little bit of comeback from an injury, so it'd be interesting to see and play well. Shane Lowry has finished fifth and second the last two years here, but I don't think he's been playing particularly well at all. Ricky Fowler has a good record here, but as we've documented, his struggles as well. So a lot of guys who, it's the question of is it going to be course history or recent form that you're going to look at, and some of and, them... And what yeah, that's I mean, uh, T-Dub, real quick, for our Oklahoma listeners, kind of recap what Ricky's been doing at the, really the end of last year and the start of this year. We, we talked last year about how you know, he made this great comeback, even made the Ryder Cup team, but then he's kind of been in a little bit of a slump again, right? Yeah, so here's his, la- here's his finishes in 2024. 35th of the Genesis, missed cut in Phoenix, 47th at Pebble Beach, missed the cut at the American Express, and 56th at the Century. So, yeah, it's just not a very good start for Ricky Fowler at all, and since essentially his win at the Rocket Mortgage, it's been on a downhill climb, the best finish he's had in that stretch was 16th at the Tour Championship. And there's only 30 players in that field. So not ever since that moment has not been playing. Well, hopefully he can get a turnaround. It'd be great to see. We see it all the time, right? You you have a big win for the first time in a long time, especially someone like, like Ricky, who was at an elite level. He was the number one in 2017, I believe. He was number one in strokes game total that year. So his, the level that he played at was tremendous. And then he just, went down, he was outside of the top 100, and then he comes back and finally wins again. That can take a lot out of you. So give him, give him a little bit of time. I think Ricky will start seeing him play a little bit of good golf going forward. But my one-and-done pick, I'm going to go ahead and go with Russell Henley, quietly the 16th-ranked player analytically, has finished 24th at his last tournament at the Genesis. He finished fourth earlier this year at Sony Open, where he plays particularly well. And this is a course that he plays particularly well. So I think that will be a benefit. He won back here. In 2014, last couple of years, he finished 3rd, 8th, 20th, 24th, finished 13th back here in 2013. So obviously likes this course, Woody. So give me a little bit of Russell Henley. I think I'm going to go ahead and get him while he has a little bit on, on a course that he traditionally likes because he's not a guy that I'm going to trust in a major championship or anything like that. So I expect him to have a, a halfway decent finish and hopefully move me up a little bit in the ring. Well, I got to figure that the weather this week Supposedly gets kind of shaky uh, middle of the week, but the weekend started to look good again. So 
So, guys, uh, I'm sitting on my patio today. It's 85 degrees today. So I'm getting that fever of spring fever. But odds are, unless you give me a good uh, leaderboard, I'm not going to watch a lot of that golf this weekend. I, I think, like I said, I like your old pick, but it wouldn't surprise me if we have another one from nowhere. And I like that Eric Cole. And that would be from nowhere because he was rookie of the year, but he hadn't won one yet. I'm I'm looking at this week, maybe another first-time winner. Yeah, and fellas, as far as the Oklahoma guys in the event, you got Austin Ekro. You also got Chris Goddard, uh, who got one of the exemptions this week, as well as Parker Cootie. Um, for this tournament. Eckrote has actually been making some cuts this year, just hasn't really gotten anything going on the weekend. He finished 38th in Mexico, 37th at the Farmers, 25th at the American Express, finished 42nd at the Sony, did miss the cut at the Waste Management, but he's making cuts, which is a good sign. If he can get something, and especially the putter going on the weekend, look out for a great ball striker like Austin Eckrote, and a guy that knows how to play in the wind, like Goddard does as well, T-Dub. Am I missing any other Oklahoma guys this week, Taylor? Well, we mentioned Ricky Fowler earlier, so he's obviously in Oklahoma, and I'm scrolling through here. Uh, Sam Stevens is playing, so look for him to do well. Uh, one name that isn't necessarily Oklahoma ties here, but Gary Woodland is, plays this course particularly well, and with his brain injury and stuff that he's been dealing with, I hope that he could play some really solid golf. And you mentioned... Chris Goddard, he had to withdraw this last week down in Mexico. Not sure exactly what that was about. Missed the cut. Yeah, it was an illness. I think he that. had the flu. Okay. Well, hopefully he can get over that and play some good golf. But whenever you have a, an illness like that, who knows how long it can, it can linger with you for a couple of weeks, especially when you're trying to compete at the highest level of professional golf. So maybe look out for that if you're going to pick him in the one and down. I think Goddard's better golf is ahead of him a little bit later in the year. But when you're coming off of the flu, a little bit hard to play good I'll tell you what, guys, illness, don't don't count that out. You're right. I mean, when you get sick, your body, you know, it takes a while to recoup. So I, I'm not saying that that's going to cause one way or the other, but it is a it's a big deal when you're coming off some kind of, uh, uh, you know, a flu or something like that where your body is taking a beating. Well, fellas, enjoy the golf this weekend. This golf going on right now, we'll mention it quickly Rory McIlroy and Lexi Thompson, is this a team event with against Rose Zhang and Max Homer, or is it a skins match, T-Dub? What's the format here for this Capital One, the match between, like I just said, Rory, Max Homer, Lexi Thompson, and Rose Zhang? I believe it's a skins game where it's 1v1, v1, v1 type scenario. Currently watching, I don't know what hole they're on. They just, like five minutes ago, were playing a little gimmick hole where they do with one club, so they're putting with, five irons and five woods, all kinds of things. They got a, a putter on the green now, so we're playing a little bit of legitimate golf. Not sure what hole they're on. I have no idea what the standings are, but it's decent coverage on a Monday night, I guess, when there's not a whole lot left on. So I will go ahead and, and tune into this. It's nice to have a couple of bigger names in the game of golf on on something like this. I don't think they market things like this very well, unfortunately, because up until right before this started, when I got an update on my phone, I didn't even know this was going on. And we covered this. We cover the landscape of golf very extensively, Woody. So if there was something else compelling on the watch, maybe I would watch it. But I'll at least tune in and see if something drastic happens. But if it gets boring, I'll turn it off. But it's at least they're trying to do things like this to grow the game and get more people to watch it. So I'm not going to dog them for at least doing that. Well, T-Dub, you're lucky you're single. That'd be the only way I'm watching this because I don't have a chance in hell 
of going into my living room right now and telling my wife, we're going to watch whatever they're doing. (laughs) We're going to have to watch a movie or some series or something. There's no way I'm getting to watch this. And you know what? I don't care. I'm good with it. Fellas, Rose Zang, by the way, we talked a lot about her when she won the Augusta National Women's Amateur before the Masters, obviously one of the bigger women's amateur events, really just women's golf tournaments in general. Since she's turned pro, it hasn't necessarily been as dominant as she was in college. She played the uh, AIG Women's Open, finished 44th, uh, another tied for 41st, 31st, 26th. She did tie for third at the Maybank Championship back in October. But, you know, coming up will be her first. Really, this Capital One's the match is the first time we've seen her in 2024. Look for Rose Zhang to kind of get things going as she gets more comfortable on the LPGA Tour. Fellas, did I miss anything today? We covered pretty much everything. The Mexico Open to Anthony Kim to Liv Jetta to the Cognizant slash Honda Classic. And then we even ended up with a little Rose Zang. T-Dub, did we miss anything today? Well, one thing I looked up just to clarify to the listeners and, and to us because I didn't know exactly who they were either. looked up what Cognizant was. Cognizant Technology Solutions engages in providing information, technology consulting, and business process outsourcing services. Their stock price is trading at $79.51 currently right now. So if you like the tournament and you love when the little spokesman goes on for five minutes and talks about the company, you want to buy the stock, uh, you can get it at about 79 bucks. So there you go, Woody. You were kind of worried, wondering what would take over the great Honda Classic. It is Cognizant, which they basically do AI technology and stuff like that. So maybe there'll be a boom company in my 10x your investment, Woody. I tell you, that's why I love you guys, because you two will look up that kind of stuff. I'm so proud of you, T-W. And, and it what do you got like any, a great You company. got any advice for us on the stock market? Hell no, I've done nothing but lose at that, okay? <laughs> I'll give you some advice, guys, about life as you get older. Don't do something that you don't know something about, okay? I, whether it's plumbing, electrical, uh, stock market, if you don't know anything about it, don't invest in it. Honestly, what a great advice to end the show there. If you don't know anything about roofing, call McCray Roofing. Or if you don't know anything about securing your home, call Allcom Security. Uh, and that way you can be at Jimmy Austin playing golf and not worried about someone breaking in your house, right? Perfect. Now, see, that's how you advertise. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, good stuff today, fellas. That is Oak Tree Nationals, Jim Woodward, and... Taylor Williams. This has been Sam Humphreys on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf. If you're not already following us at the 73rd Hole on X and at 73rd Hole on Instagram, definitely make sure and go do so. Also, get all of your local golf news from golfoklahoma.org, and you can listen to our podcast right there on the front page of that, as well as thesportsanimal.com. We're right there on the sportsanimal.com and the Sports Animal app, as well, on the podcast page. You guys can catch us anywhere and hit that follow button on Apple. It's absolutely free, and it just helps us out, and it will give you a notification whenever we drop a new episode. T-Dub, thanks. Woody, thanks. We will be back next week to recap the Cognizant Classic here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, Oklahoma's leader in golf.